Welcome to Talk Nation Radio, a half-hour discussion of politics as if the people mattered. I'm David Swanson. I'm currently on a book tour around the United States and hope to see you. Find the schedule of my events at warisalie.org. It's my great pleasure to welcome to Talk Nation Radio this week, John Deere. John Deere is an internationally recognized voice for peace and nonviolence. He's a priest, a pastor, a retreat leader, an author. He served for years as the director of the Fellowship of Reconciliation. After September 11th, he was a Red Cross coordinator of chaplains at the Family Assistance Center in New York, counseling thousands of relatives and rescue workers. He has traveled war zones of the world, been arrested some 75 times for peace, led Nobel Peace Prize laureates to Iraq, recently visited Afghanistan. He's given thousands of lectures on peace across the United States and served as a pastor of several churches in New Mexico. His many books include The Nonviolent Life, Walking the Way, Thomas Merton, Peacemaker, and many, many more. He has been nominated many times for the Nobel Peace Prize, including by Archbishop Desmond Tutu and Senator Barbara Mikulski, and he works for Campaign Nonviolence. And his own website is johndeer.org. And John Deere has uh, agreed to speak in Washington, D.C. this coming September at a big conference being planned by us at World Beyond War, which you can find at worldbeyondwar.org, and I thank him for that. John Deere, welcome to Talk Nation Radio. Thanks for having me, David. Uh, It it is great to have you, and it is even uh, better news, perhaps, what uh, you're on here to talk about, and that is this meeting that you attended recently in Rome, Italy about the Catholic Church possibly or kind of sort of uh, rejecting the theory that there can be such a thing as a just war. Uh, tell us tell us what you were doing over there in Rome. Well, it, it, it's still kind of stunning and amazing to all of us. Uh, and this is, you know, part of the miracle of Pope Francis, how he's affecting the whole world. But I'm just back. A few days ago, we were we were in at the Vatican all last week uh, on, at, a, at a Vatican conference on nonviolence. What is so shocking is this has never happened before in history. <laughs> never happened before in church history since Jesus. <laughs> um, so eighty people came from around the world. So the leading Catholics. Voices for Peace, most of them from war zones. Uh, there were five of us from the United States who uh, were, were, did a lot of the coordinating and the fundraising to fly them in. But we were hosted by the Vatican. This, again, has never happened before. It's called the Pontifical Council for Peace and Justice. And it's run by a cardinal from Ghana named Peter Turkson. He's the guy who made the environmental encyclical happen, which is you remember last year the Pope's right. on the environment, which is for, enormous. It's had, it's changing the world. His for, statement for non-Catholics an encyclic for non-Catholics an encyclical is uh, is an official formal statement by the Pope. Is that right? Right, right, right. And there's only been a handful of them, and um, you know, see, Pope Francis is a progressive visionary, and this guy Cardinal Turkson did all the legwork and the research and got his team issuing drafts, and Francis wrote the thing. And, like, I remember Robert Redford said in the New York Times that the Paris cop meetings, 
anything good happened because of Pope Francis is cyclical. Because, you know, a billion people followed it. It's just extraordinary. Well, <laughs> this these same people hosted us with the whole purpose of talking about getting rid of the just war theory for the first time in history and moving the church officially toward nonviolence, which we said Jesus is all about. But that's in the Mahatma Gandhi Martin Luther King language of nonviolence, which is what the church is supposed to be about, of course, but it hasn't been. I mean, this is so groundbreaking because it's not just an issue. And I, I don't mean that disparagingly. It's not like if there was a conference on human rights. This involves theology, changing the history of the church, spirituality, what the church is about, and um, and I'd like to tell you more about it. But so we had a three-day conference hosted by the Vatican officials with these key people from around the planet. It was a year in the making, and my friends were behind all of that. But it didn't really suddenly come together till about six weeks ago, and so then it was pretty fast. And it was brilliantly done. There weren't sort there weren't keynote speeches per se, but a lot of small talks, like little TED talks. Um, but I get the sense I, I get the sense, John, as a as a non-Catholic who runs into Catholic peace activists all the time, that this is something that's sort of been brewing in Catholic circles. I, I remember a, a Pax Christi in the United States taking out an ad in a Catholic publication a few years back uh, demanding an end to the idea of just war. I mean, is this something that's been been being moved by certain individuals and groups uh, in sure. in recent so years? The only way, as, you, as you know well, David, the only way change happens is movement organizing. And many of us have given our lives to it through Pax Christi in the United States but Pax Christi internationally with the leaders behind them. And that's the official Catholic peace movement. And they have ties to the Vatican. They're 70 years old. And this has been really the fruit of, you could say, of 70 years' work. And you go back in the history of the Popes, and we got into this in our statement. John Twenty-third was against war, Paul VI. John Paul said incredible things. Pope Benedict, a very right-wing guy, said there is no more just war theory but he didn't make it official. So what we're doing is trying to make an official change in the Church. And that meant calling for an encyclical, like the Pope's document on the environment. And uh, we, we did it. We had this incredible three-day conference. We the, began with a long letter from the Pope to us, and it ended with us writing this official statement which was hand-delivered to the Pope, and he's got it by now, from the Cardinal. And I know this is all church stuff, but, you know, there's, what, 1.3 billion Catholics and another billion Christians. This, is, this would just change the direction of the church. And what we asked for is an encyclical to say, number one, there is no just war theory, and we want the Pope to officially reject it in the church. Now, you look at the history of the Church in the year in the 4th century, the Church basically threw out the Sermon on the Mount, all of Jesus' teachings on nonviolence and peace, like love your enemies, and began saying, well, you can have justified warfare. And that led to the Crusades in the Middle Ages. And, and all the wars that are going on now have the full support of Christians and churches. And it's heartbreaking. All the U.S. bishops support war. I would say 99% of all Catholic priests in the United States 
in my opinion, support war. Um, if the Pope does this, well, that's just going to change everything. And the second part, it wasn't just a banning just war, that we want the Pope to adamantly, formally lift up Jesus' teachings on nonviolence, in the Gandhi and Martin Luther King sense, and then require every Catholic in the world to withdraw from war, not to send their kids to war, not to pay for war, to resist war, and to practice nonviolence like Martin Luther King, or great Catholics like Dorothy Day and Oscar Romero and St. Francis. Well, David, we had the full support of Cardinal Turkson and his team in this statement. He was in the meeting writing the statement with us. And I actually was sitting next to him, and I don't think I would have believed this unless I had seen it with my own eyes. I mean, I've been working on this for 40 years, and we never dreamed we'd get this far in the Catholic Church. The Catholic Church is 2,000 years old, and it's hard to move an old institution like that. But Francis has allowed all that. And um, this is an extraordinary breakthrough for peace. And all peacemakers should rejoice in this and follow that this could happen. It is indeed. Uh, John Deere, I, I wonder how unanimous was everyone in that meeting? I mean, from the reports that I've I've heard, I get the impression there was still some hesitation, some resistance, some questioning around the idea of so-called defensive war. Uh, is right. that the case? So, that... and, you know, David, you know the question, like, who believes in Martin Luther King's vision of nonviolence? And, uh, and I gave a little talk about this at the thing, and so for nonviolence means to me there is no cause, no matter how noble or whatever they tell us, for which we will ever support the taking of a single human life, much less thousands of lives. Because we're always told, oh no, you got to kill for humanitarian intervention. you got to kill the Syrians to save them. And the people of nonviolence in Syria are sending us messages, don't kill us and don't send us guns. We're up to our ears. That's an old argument. Well, uh, so we had 80, 85 key people on a very short notice get there. And I would say two of them uh, were supporting the just war theory for different reasons. And I won't say who they were. Uh, one is a very, not Catholic, and a very big leader in a major ecumenical church group who just has been trained in the just war theory all his life. So he wasn't buying that. And another also was kind of against the direction of that. But that's only two out of 80 or 85. Yeah. And I'm talking about the Bishop of Uganda, who's almost who's led the end of the war and the Lord's Resistance Army, which killed 10,000 people. The Bishop of South Sudan, who's one of the most famous people in Africa, and several of his bishops and team were there. These people have helped end wars. They were a thousand percent behind us. And um, that's powerful. When you have, and there were other great Africans there, there's a great nun from Iraq, a great person from Kabul, uh, you know, key peace person from Japan, another couple of key people from Manila, um, from Mexico, one of the most famous peace activists from South America, from Colombia, was there. And they're all with us. And the basic message was, we don't care, we're sick and tired of war, and the just war theory doesn't work. It's just a, you know, a thing to 
It's an excuse used to continue, especially the U.S. wars around the world, and this got to stop. Well, I, They're sick I, and tired of war. I, I am, and that's my message, too. Well, why keep going with this? Just War Theory has completely failed. But theologically, it's a total rejection of Jesus. And we're saying you can't be a follower of Jesus and support Just War anymore. Well, I am a very, very pleasantly surprised, and, and John, I imagine you are uh, at least as tired as I am of answering the same tiresome questions, uh, but I, I, I have to ask, and here's an opportunity to answer it for many thousands of listeners all at once, uh, what do you say to someone who says, can't the Iraqis fight back? Can't the Vietnamese fight back? Can't the United States fight back when the ridiculously feared uh, Hitlerian Nazi invasion of the United States begins? Uh, can't can't right. you have that right so, to defense? We're, ta- we're not talking about passivity. We're not talking about sitting back and doing nothing. We're just talking about how do you defend yourself and how do we resolve global conflict? And we're saying... Gandhi and Martin Luther King were right, not to mention Jesus. There's a third way. Instead of fighting back with the means of the opponent, becoming Hitler or ISIS and, you know, threatening the world with nuclear weapons, as the United States is, or sitting back and doing nothing, the third way is active nonviolent resistance. And um, the good news is that, you know, we know the social science now, the, the statistics, it's all done. When that's been tried, it works. And it always can lead to peace and uh, even nonviolent democracy. That, that's that been proven historically over the last hundred years. Um, and uh, the thing is, you don't let Hitler rise to power and you don't let ISIS to come to power. But this is all normal now. I mean, if you've been, we've been bombing Iraq since 1991, killed like 1.5 million people. It's normal you're going to get ISIS. Well, we can't keep resolving and invading people and bombing people. If we want a, if we want a peaceful outcome, you've got to use peaceful means. But the thing about this church conference is, geez, all that. I mean, I usually could quote it to you in the Greek. Offer no violent resistance to one who does evil. The church is not allowed to be part of this. The church has been supporting all this justified violence. So what we were saying is nonviolent self-defense. Nonviolent national defense. Gene Sharp has outlined all of that civilian-based defense system. And when they've been done, it has worked. And using nonviolent methods to resolve conflict internationally. We, this, this Iraq situation, ICE has been going on for so long because of our insane militarism. Um, and it's never worked. You know, it's just making the situation worse. Or only never brings peace that always sows seeds for future wars. And war can end terrorism because war is terrorism. We're just using fire to fight fire. We need a different method, and we have it. And I just urge people to study uh, all the great books coming out about nonviolent resistance and, and how uh, we can use it as a methodology, you know, for social change and resolving international conflict. We're not talking about avoiding conflict. We're not talking about passivity. We're talking about engaging the world in a whole new way to get at the root causes of violence and war and actually work to end war. But it's a long haul. And that's what's so interesting about this conference is that it's taken 1,700 years for the Church to even discuss this officially in the Vatican. But, David, it happened. 
and it's a it's a real sign that uh, the paradigm shift could be happening. It's uh, a, it's a and, very uh, it's a very good sign, and that's a very good answer. Um, if if we do get rid of the idea that there can be a just war, which of course we should, uh, is it safe for me to assume that we also get rid of the idea that there can be just arms sales? Uh, I mean, the Pope right. went, went to a but joint session. That. Yeah, all uh, of that. The, the Pope told yeah. Congress to end the arms trade, and Congress cheered uh, and then continued to escalate the arms trade. Does does, does right. that does that end then? Right. You can't uh, be making money off the death of people. And it, by the way, that doesn't work. It's not going to bring peace. It's going to eventually come back to haunt us, as ISIS is or 9-11 did. So, but the, uh, these are moral and spiritual and theological questions as well. That's what's being raised by the, the Vatican. These, the arms trade and all the implications of violence and war are not only you know illegal internationally, uh, and immoral, but they're just downright impractical. But further than that, this Vatican conference, and if the Pope acts on this, uh, is saying no Catholic in the world can be involved in any of this war making, in preparations for war, in building weapons, in selling weapons, in promoting warfare, in sending your kids off to fight. And uh, I guess everybody will leave the Catholic Church then, because we'll be like the Amish, and then we're getting somewhere. And, and if there's Jesus in mind, if there is an encyclical, then you would expect it to say, in agreement with with Tolstoy and Einstein, that yeah. you, nobody, no Catholic, can join in warfare or weapons making. That that That's would be part of it. That's what we ask. That's what we ask for, and it includes things like nuclear deterrence. You know, that is over and done with. Because that would come under this vision of nonviolence, and it would mean every Catholic has to become to follow the nonviolence of Jesus. Jesus was Gandhi said Jesus was the most active, perfect person of nonviolence in the history of the world. It's an incredible statement, and uh, and then he said, of course, famously, that the only people who don't know Jesus is nonviolent are Christians. We were trying to change that and make a requirement that. Any Catholic and any Christian practice nonviolence. This is a good thing, David, because the church is so big and so old and so influential and has caused so much harm. Um, and yes, the implications are beyond our imagination. But again, I never thought I'd live to even see the conversation happen, much less be part of it and at the center of it. It's so darn exciting. I, I, didn't e- I didn't either, and frankly, I tend to think of churches as bringing up the rear in cultural change, but here you have the Catholic Church out ahead of the U.S. Uh, philosophy, ethics departments, and, and so forth uh, in, a, in a serious way. I, I wonder why you think this change is happening. I've seen explanations. Well, no, from... it's very clear, David. It's movements. I mean, there's been a lot of us organizing and working in the Catholic Church for decades, especially since Vatican II in the 1960s. And we've had these incredible heroic figures. Even in the North American Catholic Church, Dorothy Dick, Thomas Merton, Daniel Bergen, and internationally people like Oscar Romero, who was killed. And all of this is building up. You know, maybe we're beginning to see the... Well, movements, peace and justice, eventually bear good fruit, you know? And that's what uh, maybe we're seeing now. Also, we have this moment with this incredible world figure, Pope Francis, maybe the most popular 
person on the planet at the moment, and he's certainly offering a positive vision to the world. And he's trying to do things. And he allowed us to have this gathering. Um, are you there, David? I, I am, and I hear you, and I yeah. agree yeah. with you. But I, I've also heard this explanation that I find more dubious, which is that weapons have changed, and weapons have become so much more deadly that war doesn't work anymore. And it seems to me that even when it was sticks and knives, war killed people for no good reason in huge numbers uh, and was absolutely immoral. Uh, it, it seems to me that what's changed is not war, but simply people's thinking about war. Uh, am, I, am I off track there? No, I think that's true. A lot of people know now that uh, the just war, whatever that was, there is, it's all baloney. It was, but, but it was always wrong. It, it's not like it was right. It was right. always wrong, but yeah. you can't, I mean, it said, for example, you can't kill civilians. Well, in modern warfare, in the last century, 95% of all wars have uh, are, uh, killed civilians. Um, but now with nuclear weapons, you can just kill entire populations. Everybody gets that. Yeah, but wars always and slaughtered that, civilians, and wars besieged towns and starved peoples. Right, and right, right. It was but, always but that. But the weapons are so big now and, um, and, and, and can destroy the whole planet. Um, on the other hand, uh, one of the things that was interesting here from around the world, I mean, people around the world, I'm talking Latin America, Africa, and Asia, are sick and tired of U.S. war-making. In Iraq, in Afghanistan, in Vietnam, in Central America, it was very, very clear, and the threat of nuclear weapons. We just heard that over and over, and please... I mean, cries saying, please stop these wars. Whereas in the United States, what I hear as I travel in churches, meeting 10,000 people a year, it's, you know, oh no, we need these wars, we need, uh, you know, the United States' interest, and that's uh, a good cause, and so you get a little collateral damage. Yeah. And, um, but, uh, so, when we're here in the Empire, and we have to wake people up to say, we're gonna. It's all gonna come back and hurt us. Uh, so it's very impractical. But with this conference, we're also saying not only is it immoral, but it's totally unchristian, and it's coming to an end. The church's uh, blessing of war and involvement in war and militarism. I really think that now. I don't know if I'll live to see it or an encyclical, but I'm very hopeful now. And we have a moment with this great man, Pope Francis. And, um, by the way, we're continuing to work on it. There was a, a global call this morning on strategizing next steps to really urge to, to get Francis to write this encyclical and to implement it around the world. And what well, we've asked him, and it's in our document, which people can read, by the way, at poxchristi.net uh, or, you know, probably my website. Um, but um, we're asking... That nonviolence be taught now and proclaimed and practiced. Every church in the country, every in the world, I mean, every every diocese, every seminary, that uh, no priest or bishop is involved in war in the whole world, and uh, just to be able to say that to the Vatican and to get it around in the Catholic press around the world is groundbreaking. It's never been said like that before, and we're talking about language remember it, because uh, the Church has always been for peace. 
and everybody's for love, and then we go right ahead bombing and killing people. This is using the Gandhian, Kingian language of nonviolence, and that's very helpful. We all have to start using that clumsy words, and we have to become nonviolent individuals and work for a new nonviolent world and apply it as not just a spiritual path, but a methodology for positive social change, which we now know always works. Always works. Very exciting. Do, do, you, think that, do you think that petitions and letters uh, lobbying the Pope by Catholics and non-Catholics uh, alike uh, would be helpful or, or counterproductive? Yes. In fact, that's a question we've been having this week, a number of us involved in the conference. So, uh, you know... But I, I actually, I, I was originally saying no, but now I realize, of course, yes, we need everybody to always reach out to the Vatican and say, continue, you know, we support your, what you're doing, Francis, you know, bringing those 12 on the Vatican back on Saturday was a beautiful symbol, you mm-hmm. know, and, and his, all of these gestures he's making. But, um, Maybe campaign nonviolence we, and world beyond war and other peace groups should start a petition and, and get everyone uh, asking. Right. Well, we, you, we were probably going to ask for that at some point, and we'll, we're just working on that now. We're all still in jet lag. We're yeah. just amazed we got a statement, but that's the thing next is the next step. We, uh, uh, we, we don't have. Uh, I urge everybody to read the statement that came from the conference. I think anyone who's listening and interested in this. And yeah. Francis has surely read it by now, and, and the Vatican is wondering about their own next steps, you know. We will put that link up on uh, talknationradio.org with this interview. Um, we've got just a couple minutes left. Um, it, it seems to me that President Obama cites Thomas Aquinas and cites Catholic war doctrine, and, and, and Catholic just war theory has been really central uh, for centuries for Catholics and non-Catholics alike. Do you think that if the Catholic Church really turns against it, that non-Catholics will understand that the that the theory that they've been relying on has been has been formally rejected uh, and will quickly reject it themselves as well. I don't know, but I would hope so. I mean, if the Pope said this very clearly, and then institutionally said, "No more just war theory. We're returning to the nonviolence of Jesus." We're just in all new waters then, and everybody's going to have to grapple with that, including Catholics. For example, it's the Catholic Catechism, which years ago was, there was all this fuss about, which says, oh, every Catholic can go and wage war and kill people if necessary. It's right there. That would be removed, taken out, and uh, saying, nope, you've got to be nonviolent like Jesus, who said, offer no violent resistance to one who does evil, put down the sword, love your enemies. So uh, if the Pope says this, it would have a huge global impact for sure, like the environmental encyclical did. But remember, we've had 1,700 years of brainwashing in the total nonsense of the just war theory, because we don't, nobody wants the nonviolence of Jesus or Mahatma Gandhi or Martin Luther King. You rarely hear anybody talk about that. That's what's very clear in the Gospels and the Sermon on the Mount, very clear from Gandhi and Dr. King. And... As King said, it's the only hope for the world is that we all become nonviolent. Otherwise, we will destroy ourselves. So this is a huge turning, huge turning in history. 
John Deere, I'm afraid we're, we're out of time, but I thank you very, very much for bringing us this wonderful news. Uh, you can find John Deere at johndeere.org. John, thank you for coming on Talk Nation Radio. My pleasure, David. All the best. This is Talk Nation Radio. I'm David Swanson. I'm traveling around the United States right now doing events with my new book, War is a Lie, second edition. I hope to see you find the schedule of events at warisalie.org. Take action at rootsaction.org. Help end war at worldbeyondwar.org. All past shows can be heard at davidswanson.org. Talk Nation Radio is produced in Charlottesville, Virginia, and syndicated by Pacifica Network. If you are listening to a nonprofit station, please support that station. Talk Nation Radio is funded by contributors at davidswanson.org. There is no way to peace. Peace is the way. Until next time.